Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. In honor of Black History Month, today we will focus on Black health disparities, and we are joined by Executive Director of the California Black Health Network, Rhonda Smith. In this role, Rhonda oversees the California Black Health Network, CBHN, the only Black-led statewide organization dedicated to advancing health equity for all African-Americans and Black immigrants. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Theon, for having me here today. We are so happy to have you. And as I usually do, I get started right away. So here we go. From what I understand, the California Black Health Network conducts outreach, education, and advocacy to achieve health equity for Black Californians. In clear terms, can you tell us how you define health disparities at the California Black Health Network? Yes, so we look at and define health disparities as the difference in outcomes for Black Californians versus everyone else in the state, and particularly in comparison to the Caucasian population. We know that when it comes to Black maternal health, chronic diseases, cancer, rare diseases like lupus and sickle cell, and even end of life, there are gaps in terms of how we fare as a population versus most other people in the state. Yeah, so it's that gap in terms of who survives and the rate at which we survive and also what's called the incidence rate, which means the degree to which you actually contract a disease or are stricken with the disease. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about what our listeners need to understand about those health disparities in the Black community. What is the state of Black health right now? Yeah. So unfortunately, life expectancy for Black Californians is about five and a half years less. At least we know before COVID, it was about five and a half years less. And we know that COVID probably added about a year or two to that gap. And so part of the work that we do really is focused on specific things that can reduce that gap. Now we have extra work to do thanks to COVID, but we know for individuals who have underlying conditions or other chronic diseases, they are more vulnerable when we talk about the impact of COVID. COVID may not be as big of a pandemic or epidemic as it was before, but it's here and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So when it comes to the state of Black health, being mindful about the impact of COVID and the importance of being vaccinated, especially those with underlying conditions, protecting yourself from any harm that could come because of your pre-existing conditions. Well, I'm so happy you mentioned COVID. So many people believe COVID is now like catching a modern day cold. And it's still here. Like you said, COVID is still here and it has amplified the health disparities and vulnerabilities that have already existed. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about these health disparities in the Black community? What are some of these? Yeah, so that we know, despite, you know, the advances in in medicine and technology, that still, unfortunately, when we look at maternal mortality rate for Black birthing people, especially here in California, they are four to six times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes and twice as likely to suffer from maternal morbidity. So that's things like hemorrhaging or infection after giving birth. We know that Black Californians have the highest rate of diabetes in the state and also the highest rate of diabetes-related deaths. So these are at least some of these diseases that we see the huge disparity in for the Black community are preventable. So we know chronic diseases like obesity, diabetes, and so forth are preventable. And there are things that we can do to minimize the risk of getting those diseases. Well, as you talk about our lifespan, are there specific aging issues facing California's Black community? I'm sure you know how expensive it is to live here in California. And so when we look at the aging population, quite a few Black Californians don't have life savings to rely on, live in poverty. There's a high rate of homelessness amongst this aging population, and especially 65 and above. And so when we look at things like social determinants of health, mental health care, access to mental health care in our community is also a challenge because if we're looking for someone who is culturally appropriate or that we can identify with and connect with, we feel more comfortable with sharing our mental health challenges, then there's a gap there. So access to services can be pretty limited in general, but especially for those who are focused on the geriatric population. We know that there has been some funding for nutrition programs. So access to healthy, nutritious foods can be a challenge. And like I said, the cost of living is high. So we know that Black seniors are more likely to live in poverty than white seniors, and the comparison is 37% for Blacks versus 23% for whites. And all of these facts that you're sharing, it's so interesting to me that we don't always consider financial with health. We don't always consider poverty with health. We don't always consider just our way of life with health issues. And I love that your organization really focuses on all of these issues, because as we've been talking You haven't only been talking about going to a doctor's office. You've been talking about everyday issues. For me, trying to understand how we fight these health disparities is how do we deal with just everyday life? So all of us are not necessarily in the health or policy field. (laughs) What are some things that we can do to help advance Black health? Yeah, so... We as individuals can really do a a better job at understanding our own health conditions and what we can do to focus on prevention and be more proactive about our health and wellness. And especially if we have a health condition that we're challenged with, sometimes information on the internet can be good and be not so good. You just have to go to a reliable source and a credible source to get that information. From a community standpoint, we've heard of food deserts, but there are also medical deserts. But there are things that we can do to change that. I always talk about we can advocate and also become activists to drive change and amplify our voices at the community level so that we can have access to the resources to fulfill our basic needs like healthy food, safe places to walk and exercise. We can also, when we talk about the system level, we can 
better understand how to navigate through the healthcare system. And there are resources out there that can help do that, present company included. And also understand your patient rights. That's an important thing to do when we're talking about managing our own healthcare and really participate more in the decision-making around our healthcare and what happens to us. So really health literacy is a big part. And again, that can happen at the individual community as well as the system level. I love these ideas to know your health, to find these resources. And of course, AARP is an excellent resource to find information and also to help you to advocate and navigate through these health resources. Understanding your patient rights. So many people don't understand their patient rights and then participating in your health care plan. So I love all of these ideas. I do believe that the next generation kind of gets that. My daughter is her own doctor sometimes, mm-hmm. which I'm like, be careful. Like you said, on the Internet, she will look something up. Mom, I think I have tonsillitis. <laughs> and because of this, that would be other. Right. So that's the other thing to be careful of, even though we want to know our own health and advocate for ourselves. We also want to make sure that we find the right resources that can help us with our health care. So now I want to touch on something that I came across. I read that while we can't necessarily control the genes that we inherit from our family members, we can control what happens to us as a result of them. One of the tips that was shared is to start by writing down the names of our close relatives from both sides of our family, our parents, our siblings, our grandparents, our aunts, our nieces, and our nephews or any of those people that are close blood relatives. What else can you tell us about how our family history can help us with our health? Are there any tools that we can use? Knowing our family history is an important part of the things that we can control, right? Especially if we take the example of breast cancer. We know that triple negative breast cancer is more prevalent amongst Black women, especially women who are under 40. If we know that our aunt, our mom, grandmother, people in that lineage were diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer or at an earlier age and there are multiple women in that lineage of your family, it's important to know that. Because when you go to the doctor and they you do the intake form, they ask you about if you have a family history of cancer. And if people don't talk about it, I know sometimes decades ago for that generation, Having cancer was not something that was shared widely or talked about very much. And so if you go to the doctor, do your intake form, and they ask you about your family history of cancer and you say no, then you're going to be treated differently or approached differently than you would be if you said, yes, and I have a family history and, you know, breast cancer and specifically triple negative, and here are the folks in my family who had it. So your primary care provider in that case is going to approach your care and your care plan very differently. So it's important to know your family history and share that with everyone. And in terms of resources and tools, the CDC is a credible organization and there's tons of information on their website about family health history and the basics around that. You can also go to the Surgeon General's website. There is a web-based tool called My Family Health Portrait to help track everything and capture information so that you can sort of do your family health tree So to speak, we will be working with the California Healthcare Foundation to launch the How Do I campaign. So if someone has an experience with the healthcare system and they want to file a complaint, how do I file a complaint? Or how do I get second opinion? So 
responding to or providing information on the very basic things that we need to do to really empower individuals to be more in control of their health care and be more proactive about that. And again, be able to engage in more participatory medicine, like partnering with your healthcare provider, no matter who or what type of provider that is, to really be part of the decision making for your health care. Now, these are fantastic tips, knowing your family history. And I was just thinking, I don't know as far back as I probably should about my family. And I'm thinking now, maybe I can ask some of my siblings who are older about some of my ancestors. Yeah. And they probably know them more than I. A couple other things that we can do that are within our control, right? So most chronic diseases stem from nutrition, physical activity, and lifestyle management. So those are things that we can control, right? Our genetic makeup, we can't. But we can certainly make better choices. You know, we can do very simple things like if we're dealing with stress, conscious breathing or meditation is something very simple and easy to do, especially if you're driving in the car on a busy L.A. freeway and need to decompress from that. You can go outside in the sun, even though I know you said it's a little chilly, but I'm sure your walk this morning or your hike was very invigorating. And just getting out in the sun and getting some fresh air can also be helpful. And moving instead of taking the elevator, sometimes we can take the stairs or park a little bit further away from the store to get some added exercise in your day. So those are excellent activities that we can do. But I want to go back a little bit on that knowing the family history Mm -hmm. and that there's some tools to actually start tracking that. So you mentioned using the CDC for the family health history. Is there some tool that they have on there that you track things with? Yeah. So on that same website, they actually have a link to the called My Family Portrait that is actually published by the Surgeon General's office. Perfect. So you can use My Family Health Portrait so that you can actually begin to track the health. Because many times we just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So that's a great place to start using that CDC website or going directly to the Surgeon General for My Family Health Portrait. And then I love this idea of the How Do I campaign because I am assisting many people with some health care issues right now. And I'm really not sure where to go sometimes or how to get them into a system or to find them resources. Of course, I always go to AARP mm-hmm. because AARP gives so much information. But the How Do I campaign, tell me a little bit more about how that's going to work. Yeah. So the California Healthcare Foundation conducted a research of thousands of Black Californians across the state, one-on-one and key informant interviews, as well as surveys to really get a better understanding and insight into what the experience is like for African-Americans and Blacks in California with the healthcare system, with their healthcare provider. And so based on the results of that research, the action taken is to address key issues and concerns that people expressed and common themes. And so just understanding very basic things like knowing that you can complain if you have a bad experience with not only your healthcare provider, but with your healthcare plan, there is a number to call to file a complaint. People often don't know what their patient rights are or that they have the right to actually ask questions of your healthcare provider or get a second opinion. And how do you go about doing that? And what are some of the resources that can support people, even if they're going through a cancer journey, right? So how do I navigate through that whole system? And my healthcare issue is also going to be an important part of that. So we will have a resource on the website, the, the CBHN website, that links to that How Do I campaign. Excellent, excellent. And tell us your website. 
It's CA as in California abbreviated blackhealthnetwork.org. So CA blackhealthnetwork.org. CA blackhealthnetwork.org. Yes. So we will put that on our site as well so that people can have access to it. One of the things that I find very helpful, not just in our community, but in most communities, is the sharing of stories. It helps us to document our family history. It helps us to make sure that our family members know our history and what's going on. And it's something that I believe CBHN encourages Black Californians to do, is to share their stories. And a way of sharing them is through the Campaign for Black Health Equity. Can you tell us a little more about that campaign? Yeah. So the Campaign for Black Health Equity is a multi-year campaign that, you know, being a nonprofit, right, we're in the business of fundraising. So it's a multi-year campaign that is intended to ultimately close the gap in health disparities and have an impact or at least see some measurable instances where we do see that gap shorten. So there are six core components of the campaign. And yes, we do capture stories through various ways, but one of them is through the Black Health Agenda which is where we engage key stakeholders from the community to share their perspective and knowledge about the state of Black health in their community. So we're going across 10 counties in California to conduct this work and engage the community because they know what's happening in their communities more so than we do. So we hear stories from the key stakeholders and other participants who join in on those the state of Black health sessions. Another component of the Campaign for Black Health Equity is the Health Equity Forums, where we feature a subject matter expert in health disparities, health equity, and public health. In the past, we've had members of the Henrietta Lack family come and share the story about their grandmother and how the family is involved in decisions that get made for the use of the HeLa cells in research these days. So very different than what we know about how the whole HeLa cells came to be and how they were acquired. We also have launched the Health for Life Initiative, which is our major initiative to improve health literacy of Black Californians. Again, we do advocacy and policy work to advocate for change and access and really try to get more so to the root causes of health disparities, especially at the system level, and do our best to dismantle the structural and systemic racist practices that may and experiences that people have within the healthcare system. And then we also are a Cover California Navigator. Health equity begins with access to care. And so we are certified to enroll people across the state who are uninsured and underinsured into healthcare coverage. Well, you are very busy at the California Black Health Network. We really appreciate the work that you're doing. And I also want to just highlight one more time some of the tips that you've shared with us in terms of knowing our family history, using the CDC to document our family health history. The My Family Health Portrait is a tool that we can use, the How Do I campaign, and then the things that we can do to actually take control over our own health. And those were some things that we can do as we sit right here. Breathing, <laughs> a meditation helps with stress. Like you mentioned, getting some sunshine, good old-fashioned vitamin D starts right outside in our beautiful California sun, and getting some movement and fresh air. Those are some everyday simple things that we can take action on right away. Yes, for sure. Now, we've talked about our health. This is about physical health and stress and things like that. Now, I want to go into 
a big issue that's affecting all of us, all of us in California, all of us across the nation, mental health. According to the National Institute on Minority Health and Disparities, African-Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious psychological distress, such as major depressive disorder, PTSD, all of these different issues or disorders than any other racial groups. CBHN releases reports on Black mental health and shares statistics. And though we can't do a deep dive into all the stats and reporting that you do today, can you help us understand what is the state of Black mental health in California? Yeah, so that we know that patients or individuals who are outside of the Medi-Cal system, there's 11% of the Black Californians who are, I guess, privately insured or commercially insured have an unmet mental health need. And again, it goes back to what I talked about before in terms of just access, right? And we know that compares to about 8% of white Californians. So there's another example of a disparity. And so we know that COVID has had a significant impact on the mental health and well-being of our community, especially um, the youth because of the isolation, being disconnected from their social networks. Um, I don't mean on the computer or on their phones, but just physically being able to hug people or connect with people or see people in person. We know that before COVID, there was a significant, about a 45% increase in the Black teen suicide rate from ages 12 to 19. That was before COVID. And we've seen that also have an impact. And there've been examples, unfortunate examples in the press about young African-Americans and Black youth taking their own lives. We heard about Regina King's son and Miss America, Miss USA, and I know personally of someone's 13-year-old granddaughter who attempted suicide. So unfortunately, there are a lot of stories like that in our community. Some go untold, but it is becoming more of a concern and an issue. And so we know that about 3% of mental health professionals are Black or African-American. And so when we look at, again, access, there's a gap there or disparities there. And so if we are looking for someone who we can readily identify with or who understand our plight in life and our journey, that becomes more of a challenge. We also know that in California, about 25% of Black birthing people experience some sort of symptoms of perinatal depression or postpartum depression. And so it's, it's kind of across the board when it comes to the state of Black mental health and how it's impacting our community. Wow. It's something that we have to address. What are some of the steps that we can take to take a look at it and address it in this mental health crisis? Yeah. So I also wanted to mention that one thing we don't focus on that much or talk much about, but it is in a way part of our makeup. It's the impact of intergenerational trauma on Black mental health as well. And we there's research that demonstrates how stress and trauma can be passed on genetically from generation to generation and how that impacts us physically as well as mentally. And so if you can talk to your healthcare provider and also your healthcare plan to see what type of mental health resources or behavioral health resources that you have available as part of your plan. A lot of community healthcare centers now do screen for behavioral or mental health as well as social determinants of health needs for their patients because they're also interrelated. And, and we know that Health really happens outside of the four walls of any clinic. And by the time you show up in the office of a healthcare provider, you know, what they're seeing is symptomatic of what may be happening before you got there or in other aspects of your life. 
there are apps. I think the younger generation may use those, but there are lifestyle apps that can help keep us healthy. There are mental health apps that have become more available now for people to take advantage of. I don't remember the name of it, but I do believe there is one in development that is specifically targeted for the Black community. Well, we will definitely look at the AARP site and see what that is, because we know that AARP advocates for health disparities. They advocate to eliminate health disparities, and we'll see that information. Are there any other resources our listeners should be aware of to help with this issue? When we talk about the older generation, right, and I don't know about you, I went through this with my parents. And managing an aging parent with health issues, right? It's important for us to take care of ourselves as well as taking care of our parent. And so one of the things that we will be doing as part of our AARP partnership this year is providing a series on caregiving in the Black community. One of the sessions will be around caring for the caregiver and looking at all aspects of health and well-being, mental health, physical health, and all of that, even spiritually. So those are some things that I wanted to mention that we can do or take advantage of as a resource for that specific population or as it relates to that specific population. Well, thank you so much for that, Rhonda. We will look forward to seeing that. I, in particular, as I'm supporting as a caregiver myself and know that self-care is good health care. And oftentimes we don't do that. So thank you so much, Rhonda, for joining us today for episode 17 of In Clear Terms with AARP California. Do you have any last comments before we end? The only thing that I can I'd like to say is I talked about the campaign for Black Health Equity. I'd like to invite people to join. Again, they can go to the website, cablackhealthnetwork.org and become part of the campaign or get involved as a volunteer. They can attend some of our webinars. They can become a member. We started the Black Health Network kind of in response to COVID so that there would be a place where people could come together to connect, communicate, collaborate, and do some virtual networking. And our big idea is that through bringing folks together across the state who work every day to advance health equity for the Black community, that we could really ignite a Black health movement here in California, really focusing on galvanizing that power building from the community up. So that's what we hope to achieve. And so they can get involved that way too. You know, I I say we have to advocate as well as activate our communities to really see the change that we want to see. If we want to have something happen for us, it has to be about us and by us. Oh, thank you so much. Advocate and activate with the California Black Health Network. And thank you so much again, Rhonda, for joining us. We really appreciate the information that you've shared and you put things in quite clear terms. Thank you again. We have had the pleasure of speaking with Rhonda Smith, Executive Director of the California Black Health Network, CBHN. You can learn more about CBHN at California Black Health Network. That's www.cablackhealthnetwork.org. Also, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have questions for our upcoming guests, email us at caaarp at aarp.org. You can find a list of the upcoming guests at aarp.org 
forward slash in clear terms. Please write in, ask your questions. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts whom can shed light on critical issues in our state, how AARP is working to ensure the voice of those ages 50 plus is heard, and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening to In Clear Terms.